What's up, everybody? This is Chris, and I'm talking today with Abby and Kelly again for Girl Talk. Abby is calling in from Pennsylvania, and I apologize. The sound isn't ideal, but I think we we did okay for our first shot. Today, we talk about a book called Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. It's going to blow your mind. It's about invisible work in the home and how usually one partner is the default for all of the invisible work that happens, like the planning, the arranging, the buying of the birthday presents, and the noticing that the paper towels are out, and the finishing of tasks that aren't quite done. And it it's fascinating. Do not attempt to have a conversation with your partner about this until you have read this book. We also talk about Krampus, which is a horrifying alternative to Santa. We talk about thank you notes and Golden Girls Hot Tub Time Machine mashup and what we'll be doing when we're 90. And a little heads up that we do talk a little bit about magical creatures, adult-only content, magical creatures. So heads up for that. We try to keep it tight, but pretty much fail. Enjoy. Everybody, I am here today with Abby and Kelly for another round She's like, of girl talk. If I don't start now, we're never starting. <laughs> I just literally cut you both off. Right? Thank you. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is what's the name of that book? Fair play. Ruff, ruff. She, oh, I'm eating muffin. Don't eat, hold on, my dog just stole one of the cards. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. What are you eating? Abby Toby. is joining us from Pennsylvania. No, don't eat that. Toby, Toby just ate the weekend plans card. <laughs> and there's this book that has all these cards at the end. Well, Can you explain it? Okay. No, here, I'll explain it. So there is this amazing book that came out. I think it came out in earlier this year. Um, the author, her name is eve rodsky and the book is currently on reese witherspoon's like <gasps> book list because oh. apparently reese witherspoon is the new oprah and she has a book list that everyone should read yeah <laughs> um with and interesting results too yeah oh. and so the not book not as good as the olis i think it's as good as oprah i mean i think it's different it's yeah, it's, it's different di- it's different you didn't eat very okay. much of that muffin i can't eat on microphone i have a I am looking at now, I'm looking, making eye contact with an entire giant muffin, the ones with like big, fresh, bloody blueberries in them, (laughs) and three strips of bacon, (laughs) and I cannot eat them because Chris was like, no, it's time to record. Here, I'll talk while you eat. No. Okay. The book is called Button. (laughs) When I go to the real radio station, Chris, there's a button where I, if I need to sneeze. I can turn you all the way down, though, after it's. Yeah, recorded. So no one will hear you. No one will hear you chew. Really? Mm-hmm. This is a Just trick. Like isn't no it? one will hear you scream. <laughs> no one can right? hear you. Chew. All right. Um, okay. Right. Fair play. Fair play. So the the concept is that um, there is an unequal distribution of daily household duties, regardless of if both partners work outside the home, or if one works from home, or if both. Like one stays home, I don't know, whatever is your life situation, 
there seems to be one, and if you have kids, there's like one default parent that not only manages all the kid stuff, but all the everything stuff typically. And so the whole concept is how do you redistribute, how do you shuffle your cards with your partner and redistribute all of the invisible work that goes into helping create a nice, smooth home. And I think that like, I, I feel that you can kind of see the editorial hands on this because the first section is so full of, I would say informed research that you become furious. Uh, yes. Oh, tell me more. Oh, I oh, love a good fury. Talk- well, there is a, okay. So let me, we all became privy to this book by there was, what was it? A New York times article, a harp, um, earlier like in October that was talking about all of the work that typically moms do were like outside of kids but like inside of running a home and everybody who read it every woman who read it was just seething with anger (laughs) and it's I think it's just because it hit the nail on the head for so many people and I think maybe it you felt like validated in all of these things that maybe you've been ignoring for a while. I know that that's how I felt. I was like, Oh, this is, this is unique to me or I can like deal with it. And then you're like, no, everyone feels this way. And you're like, so if everyone feels this way, then maybe we should do something about it. So is this author, does she, she's a journalist like Michael Pollan, not a, that socio, the the scale tilts towards women doing more in if in a male female household women are doing more i mean is that kind of the yeah to the tune of three to four extra weeks of work per year okay and so yeah what's the research say that we because i haven't read this book having i don't have the book in front of me i can't just generally i I think three to four weeks a year i think generally a lot of this she takes a lot of already very popular research and builds on it with anecdotes um, and the anecdotes are what make you so angry because you, she, you, well, she, she you hear she from the men. Right. She interviewed um, 500 couples. So this is like a multi-year like study project that she did. And she interviewed like 500 couples. And regardless of if both couples, like both partners worked the exact same job or if one stayed home or if they were same sex couples or what have you, there was always one default person like Mm. and this is this is specifically for people who have kids too and like so there's always like one default parent that not only managed all the kids stuff but then in like because you're being a parent and managing a household with children like it's not just managing school stuff it's like doctor's appointments and like then you're also managing like groceries and lunches and meals and buying birthday presents for your birthday parties Mm -hmm. your kids are going to and making sure you RSVP to all the things and making sure all the forms are signed and making sure you're also like doing community service so your children (laughs) are becoming decent people like your kids actually enrolled in school which for some reason was hard for me to get done (laughs) we uh, like are you sending your kids here the the example here that like kind of clears it up for me is the date night because mm. um, a lot of couples at some somebody's request, it's a good idea to have a date night. And so then someone goes off and maybe makes a restaurant reservation and the other someone goes off and spends longer than the date itself to find a babysitter, mm-hmm. 
pre-cook all the kids' food for that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, make all the list of instructions. See to a dog walker. Interview babysitters, too. Oh, like, right. It's not just any old schmo that you want yeah. coming in. So the total work for the... Uh, she fault parent. That's a term from the book. She fault. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that total work for them would be like three times the amount of time that they spend on the date mm, itself. Whereas the planner who gets the credit for the date uh, maybe made a reservation or maybe just picked a restaurant. Okay. But what I like that but, is a good so, example. What I like though is that the second half or the third, like the third part of the book, is all about like. You're like, okay, this is regardless of how things have gone before and maybe how you feel, let's change things. Let's offer up a solution. And so she has this like game that couples can play. And there's actual like cards that you print out from um, fairplaylife.com and you just like print them out and you and your partner are supposed to sit down and like shuffle the cards together. That sounds like a recipe for an argument. Yeah. First you have to read all the prep work. I would say nobody should just do this without the book. No, no, no. You have, Jean says, do not jump in. You have to like, you have to that way lies madness. Yeah. Like there should be, you should have to get a prescription from a doctor for the cards themselves. Well, they are more dangerous than a lot of the things I take. (laughs) <laughs> especially if you if you have a lot of maybe like resentment build up and you it's easy to like just come at this from like attack mode <laughs> where oh. you're like ah, right? as like justification for your feeling like this is why I'm full of something. fury exactly. yeah. or why I you know the there's Here's a lot of talk about book about it what do you do all day that question oh right and sometimes people answer by like throwing cards in other people's faces <laughs> and yeah. you know then that can be a conversation <laughs> Um, or she described a situation. One of the cards is thank you notes, which like we all can have another conversation. I think we should really discover where we are at on thank you notes today. But like as a society? One, no, just the three of us <laughs> we'll, because we'll we say, are we'll our society that. here. Yeah. Um, and, and the discussion of when somebody tried to give thank you notes to be held, have the card held is a metaphor for that person does the conception, the planning, and the execution. Um, of like acknowledging that some person has done something nice yeah. for you and it's nice to offer a, some kind of gratitude in return. And then you buy the thank you notes and then you sit there and force the kids to write the thank you notes. Right. And then you spell thank you for <laughs> my new And try to Lego. find a stamp somewhere oh, because yeah. no one keeps stamps in their junk drawer anymore they're in some random yeah. <laughs> box like and if away. you live in the city like you have to take it to a mailbox so no read some you- can you read some of the cards yeah um so okay there are they're broken down into four different categories and one is daily like home categories and like this one is for who takes out the garbage like kelly mentioned you whoever is holding the card is responsible for the conception the planning and education so even if execution sorry execution sorry we don't have Um, to educate well we do have to educate them on garbage because there are multiple phases of garbage and i right there's the wrapping up and tying of the bag taking it out of the container walking it to the garage and then walking it from the garage out to the bin. And then 100%. taking it from the bin to the curb. Multi-phase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's well, also, also putting and- a bag in at the end. And the well, bag. I don't I don't ever do that. But there's also, like, at our house, we have a garbage in each bathroom. So you have to, like, walk around oh, and yep. check mm. all the garbage in. 
Oh, there's no um, way. There's nobody, anybody listening has a partner who does CPE for garbage. We may. No. No. Um, What's CPE? Then, so Con- conception, the, planning, and execution for top to bottom, top to bottom garbage no house way. removal Mm-mm. 100% so of the time. 100%. Well, and even like, I mean, there's plenty of stuff on here. Um, for example, one of the cards that my husband holds fully is the health insurance card. So our health insurance is through his employer and it's, he's all registered for that. I like, if I had to be put in charge of figuring any of that out, um, I, I would <laughs> drop the ball and we would not be insured for a year um, because I would miss like the enrollment window and I would do all of that. Like, Here's the arnica kids. Hope this <laughs> right. works for the next year. <laughs> Here's Good some lavender. <laughs> right? Here's some you hippies. <laughs> but yeah, or there's one like, oh, like kids extracurricular activities, sports, kids extracurricular activities, non-sports. Oh. So if you can play an instrument or if so, whoever is Interesting. in charge. Everybody's looking at me practice. because my son is the extracurricular man. So yeah. it's, it's really separated very specifically, which I like. There are a hundred cards. Woo. And so, yeah. And so you... It's not about how many cards you hold right now. It's about how you're going to shift it up. And because it's it's fair play, it's not like equal play. And so ah. it's not you're, – you're not trying to be 50-50 all the time Yeah. Um, because that's just not a doable thing. And so because you have to – one card is cleaning. If you have cleaning and they have thank you notes, clearly that's not equitable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like each cleaning, card is – Cleaning, full stop. Cleaning is one card or yeah. is it separated? Yes. You're meant to pass no. it back and forth. One of the other, there's also, okay, this is a big deal. There are two unicorn cards. Ooh. And the unicorn card Who is. Who feeds the unicorn every day? <laughs> well, the unicorn you card. You feed your own more, unicorn. <laughs> yes. You each get your own unicorn card. And that is for you to pursue a passion that has nothing to do with your household so that you can be a fully fledged, like, person and you can sure. have all of your. <laughs> All of your needs. Kelly's eating bacon as quietly as she possibly can. Right. <laughs> because no but, meat, no, none of our meeting would be complete without meat, without right? any form of meat. Right? We're very, I'm we're sorry. very um, So basically, you are allowed to have interests outside Absolutely. of your family, and it's not Is that the so concept. There's... The unicorn card is different than the self-care card. Everyone oh. also gets a self-care oh. card. Oh, nice. That you are responsible for your own, like, personal self-care. And you also each get a friendship card. Like, you are each responsible oh, for your God. own I love adult that. friendships. Mm-mm. So, is self-care, like, is self-care just, like, standard grooming self-care? Or is it, like, I'm going to no, get a No, there's also a grooming. So, there's, there's a, a grooming card. <laughs> the grooming yes. card. Yes. No, no, self-care for, I think for women, it's self-care and beauty or something is one. No, wardrobe and beauty. So oh. like the women's grooming card is wardrobe and beauty. And then the self-care card is like doing yoga every day, oh making God. sure I have time to like read a book at the end of the day, mm-hmm. making okay. sure so whatever be, you need to yeah. like for your mental well-being. And uh, then, but the this is card, super heteronormative warning. Warning. This is all super heteronormative. This has to be revised for gay couples, right? And people um, that are otherwise not cis. Yeah, well, you can, like, say you're, if you're a same-sex couple, you just print out two of the, like, self-care her cards. I bet there's more to it than that. We'll have to have so, somebody on to talk about it. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously, like, we're all um, 
hetero people. And so this is our perspective. We can't even, we can't even begin to like, imagine what it's like to be a same sex couple raising children. So I think that But when you read this book, it sounds pretty freaking great because yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, but here, so the unicorn card it's not like, oh, I'm like, my unicorn is I'm going to go to the gym every day after work. Like, no, that's part of your self-care. The unicorn is I'm going to learn how to play the piano. I'm going to take that art class that I've always wanted to take. And nobody can make you feel guilty about that. Like you're like, you are undeserving of trying to go after something that you are curious or passionate about. This is, this is one of the cards that comes so naturally to Chris, our host who is literally not at her microphone right now. So I thought I'd just talk about her while she's getting right? out. Um, yeah, because she has unicorned as long as I know I've known her. Oh yeah. Chris is so great at like carving out space for her own passions. Bravo, Chris. Thank you for inspiring us. And she says, I'm going to say, she says, which means Justin, her partner is great at carving out time for her unicorn space. But I will say that that is, like since my unicorn space and my work kind of double up on each other. Oh, that's an interesting. I wonder where I fit in take. when I'm unicorning well, at work. I don't know. I maybe, haven't gotten to that chapter yet. We'll find maybe, out. Yeah. Maybe you, um, maybe your unicorn space and your workspace can have two, like you can have, be more specific with like, okay, I'm working on this writing project, but I'm doing this writing. That's just for me and not does it have like a deadline. Mm. I'm also curious, Yeah, what is the incentive for the p- partner who will not be holding very many cards when they do this? What's the incentive for them doing this? Well, she talks about it a lot. I mean, not having a divorce is one incentive. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, yeah right. No kidding. Um, but also just all the things that come to a happy wife, I mean, or happy partner. Or, yeah, no, I think that coming to grips if with reality you, if you're to if you're to the point where one person is feeling resentful or maybe like totally overworked and burned out and if you have a partner who like loves and respects you and is like hey I see that like you're really stressed out all the time and you're unhappy and I would love to help you not be that way not be that way and that would be like your household will like I know in our in our home um so Tim travels a lot for work and I homeschool and so anything that's school related it also falls into the mom category for me because I am doing the schooling and I am also the mommy are there any Um, homeschool cards in there like did you have to make your own cards because that's a full-time job exactly well for me I view view homeschooling as like what my current career is and so Mm -hmm. that there are there are overlaps but there's also like okay me making lunch for the kids is separate from school so that is something that we can both share but me planning out curriculums like as if I was a teacher and doing this for my job it's like separate than me I don't know. And there's plenty of other homeschool families who the both parents are like and truly it's separate like, from childcare. That's the key thing, right? Yes. It's separate from like the daily grind of the house, but because we all like live at home, work from home, school at home, there is a lot of just daily overlap. And I think that's why this is challenging for us because it's, we don't have a typical nine to five kids go to school. They're home at three. Mm. 
kind of thing. There's definitely going to be a sequel. I mean, typically these books are in two book deals and the the writer has to come up with like something that's kind of the same but different for the second book. So uh. if you write zone, then the second book would be like your zone diet workbook or your zone cookbook mm. or whatever. So for this, I can totally envision the second book being about couples where everyone's at home, couples that have different gender identifications, couples like step families, like our family. So when I looked at the cards, I kind of felt like taking out all of the kid cards and putting them on myself because mm. that's te- I'm the one who brought the kid into the family. And then she talks about that stuff a little bit. I mean, she talks about time and the idea that all time is equal instead of assigning a dollar amount to time. And that is very contrary to how I've been taught to think. Time being equal. There used to be a thing in Madison where you could do, you could trade time. It wasn't dollar value work. It was like, I'm a massage therapist. You're a house cleaner. Whatever you charge, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I charge. We're going to swap based on our time because time is of equal value. So if you're a chef or it doesn't, it doesn't, and and this person's a lawyer, you're swapping time. And an hour is an hour is an hour is an hour is an hour. And it's a really interesting way to look at it because we so often are just like, oh, well, an hour of childcare in home that I pay $5 an hour for per child does not have the same value as $200 for my doctor visit, yeah, you know? But when you break it down and just time-wise, I like that model a little better That almost. an hour is an hour. Well, I mean, yeah. it does kind of make sense in your family. When you get married, if, if you're in a married relationship, then when you get married, unless you have a, a prenup, and a lot of couples do, but unless you have a prenup, your money is your money for both of you now in mm. Wisconsin and in most states. So why would your time not be your time? You might might say, this is my 24 hours, this is your 24 hours, or you might say, here's our 48 hours, and here are our goals cumulatively for those 48 hours. And one of those goals is, for example, to have you do your own thing so that you can continue to be interesting and fulfilled mm-hmm. because who would ra- would you rather be married to a nagging drudge or would you rather be married to a happy person? Yeah. I mean... That seems like a pretty good incentive to take a few cards. Did either of you do the Konmari thing several years ago when that was Oh, yes, great? absolutely. Where you okay. go so, through your whole house and yeah, so touch everything? What, Get, what you only keep the joy. stuff that gives you joy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I wanted to do it but did not. Oh, it was, I had it was really awesome. I did it. But this is kind of similar to that. Like, you're not just going to sit down over, like, one dinner and be like, let's hash out these hundred cards. <laughs> you kind of have to commit, like, okay, we're going to do – we're going to focus on going through, like, one group of cards a month maybe. And it's and it's a time commitment, but so is your marriage. So, right? Mm, it shouldn't this be, like, This kind of a commitment, episode. yeah. Right? <laughs> I, uh, I thought – there she gives very little time to this but it is it is so far where I'm in the book um but my big epiphany was some of these cards need to go away like what dry cleaning we dry don't do dry cleaning, cleaning. 
<laughs> I saw that and I was like, if you have a dry clean item, then that is seriously your mistake in judgment. You don't have children, right? Like, And no. you just need to like look at your life, look at your choices and deal with the dry cleaning. And that may be a if lifestyle you, thing. I mean, none you, of us work uh, in professional don't. settings. Right. If you have dry cleaning items, then you don't shop at Costco enough. For your yeah. so, You're not buying wear. your pants there, a where you also buy wear. your eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, and your mayonnaise. So the answer um. is no on dry cleaning for us. For our family, no. Yes. Um, but there's also, like, for example, okay, so there's a card that says Magical Beings. And there's like a little tooth fairy picture. And so oh, someone's spoiler charge- alert. Turn this off if you're listening with your kids. Mm. Um, mag- who would be <laughs> so so if you're in charge of magical beings, like um all the magical beings, there are like Santa, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny. But here's the thing. We don't do those in my house. Oh. Um, mostly because <gasps> I'm lazy. <laughs> but we don't do like Santa. I mean the people house. actually are adding more what? in. That's this yeah. is where I become totally baffled is when people are like, well, it's not enough that I have to be all these magical beings or enjoy being them. But now they're being like, I need to wake up before my kids and move an elf. Elf, the elf on the no. shelf. No. I'm, the elf makes me so angry every year. And I'm like, <laughs> why am I the only one? Why yeah, am I the only know. one who literally cannot keep inside my elf fury? Women, stop oppressing yourselves. <laughs> Throw away the elf. What is the elf Throw supposed away. to do? Burn the elf. Why do, you, why do people oh, have yeah. the elf? The elf sh- I mean, the elf should perish. That said, the elf is in my new audiobook. I don't get it, though. What? So everyone go by. I don't understand audiobook. the point. Uh, <laughs> um, I will tell you the point. So the point of the elf is he is He's watching a... You. He is a spy sent from the North Pole. An emissary. We live, we, we live in a big brother um, state in the North Pole. And so Santa is always watching you. And he is always watching you and making sure that you're making good decisions. And if you don't, the elf is going to go snitch on you to Santa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that, that was a very dramatic explanation of that. It, it's another way of adding magic. Magic? I it sounds like Catholicism. <laughs> well, you know like what? magic at all. There are those of us around this table who would say Catholicism and magic are best friends. <laughs> but why would you want someone watching you to make sure you're doing good shit? That sounds terrible. Well, the the key thing about the elf, besides the spying and the horrifying side of that, is that... Does he leave Skittles or something? No, the elf I mean, gets, he up gets to into mischief. mischief. He gets into mischief every day. And so every day... Okay, that's as fun. A, I'm gonna, it is. It's supposed to be delightful. But he's kind of a hypocrite, though, because he's like, you can't have any of this fun, but I can. But you will find, like, the elf head down in a bag of M&Ms or something like that. Or, like, he will be, like, making cookies. It's also a great, like, some people use it for as an invitation of, like, let's bake cookies and the seasonal calendar, right? That is a nice thing. I've always done with random acts of kindness. But I, I don't have the energy to move an elf i'd be like he left early because he was homesick yeah. <laughs> he's you in guys, the same place he was yesterday i you, guess he fell asleep you guys are so good that the elf just was like peace <laughs> like you graduate from like you know what top of the list we need to Santa. talk about krampus now this is a natural segue what? to krampus what is krampus krampus oh the german opposite the anti-santa the anti-santa, the anti-santa. if you're naughty Krampus, Krampus will fell. come and he will put He's you in a devil. bag and he yeah. will hit you with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> but 
he looks like the scariest version of like a goat demon, right? Yeah. He's like a goat. He does have little horns. Heart. He's got horns, and then he has like cloven hooves, and he will his show skin up. is bluish. Like yeah, Aladdin? And he has, like, no, no. <laughs> Aladdin's skin not, is like, not blue. Genie. In the Will Smith movie, it is. Who am I think? Aladdin is the name of the guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The hot guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> These Broadway looks. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm sorry. So the blue Krampus stick hitting terrible Santa. If you're naughty, he will come and put you in a bag and hit you with a stick. And Griffin met Krampus this year. <laughs> what? And I'm sorry, was he at the mall? Like, <laughs> where is Krampus visiting? If Krampus was at the mall, that would save the malls. Would. It would make Do you all the get difference. to go sit on his lap? He hangs out at Old Old Wisconsin. <laughs> he does. Old Old Wisconsin. Yeah. He'd... Oh my god! And Krampus saw him and his friend <laughs> so running insane. around amok, and he was like, "I'm gonna put those kids in my bag. And I'm gonna hit them with sticks." And we were like, "Go get him, Krampus!" And <laughs> Griffin was not in on the joke. Oh no! He, he was like totally. He was totally having fun, but then that night he couldn't go outside and look at the Christmas lights because Krampus might be out there waiting for him. Well, it sounds terrifying. Right? Uh, Golly. You know what? To me, it was like so beyond funny. Just I I mean, it's, I, so I, I said to Griffin, do, do you think that I would let someone come and hit you with a stick? And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, <laughs> OK, why hasn't it happened already? <laughs> I'm surprised, mom. Am I standing too close to? <laughs> no, you're perfect. Right. Um. Anyway, so Krampus, Elf on the Shelf, if we're going to pick one of those, Krampus is the clear winner, right? If we're going to add a magical being into our lives, it should be someone who's going to torture your children so on your behalf. This is really funny, though, because it's it, it feels like in the past, it was, the bottom line was... And you was, should not hit kids with sticks. The bottom line was, scare your kids into good behavior. And now it's like, delight the Elf on your the children. Shelf is delight them. <laughs> Make them laugh. Every morning they'll wake up and they can't wait to find out where the elf is. And then after that, they'll open their six branded themed advent calendars. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have a piece of chocolate before they have a single bite to eat from their advent calendar from Godiva. I feel like we've kind of switched. We've lost ourselves. (laughs) The reason for the season is Krampus. Is Krampus. The That's reason the why Christmas exists is to keep your kids in line because <laughs> so that they don't get hit with sticks and you can get them to obey you. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Uh, in the olden days. I think that Christmas was about and, and Jesus converting people to a different religion <laughs> by co-opting an existing holiday. Oh, tell more. Well, oh. what? so the holiday uh, is winter yeah. solstice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Jesus was guy, not born in December. Built there's, by Mother Nature. Yeah. There's no evidence yeah. that Jesus well, I mean, of Nazareth the, was born at Christmas time. No, because it was census. And the census was usually taken in like the summer, like in mm-hmm. August. Um, yeah. When but, people could but, yeah. actually travel because. Uh, What's the temperature like? It's cold in the winter. I mean, at night. I was going to say barn pregnancy, barn birth in the middle of winter. In a desert. I don't know. I mean, having not been there yet i think we need to talk again we need to refer to people who actually know but but we can safely say that they moved they moved his birthday just like they do with 
President's Day um, to a time where it would be more convenient for the banks. And that is the winter solstice. And end of year? End of year, closeout party, everything must go. Plus, it's the shortest day of the year, so lots of lights. Um, and Well, it- with like the winter solstice um, and like any other kind of holiday that was originally like um pagan like pagan in its beginnings um and then when as um conversion swept from like the middle east all the way up to what we know as like the uk and ireland today um a lot of these old world celebrations were replaced by um saint feasts feasts for saints and whenever a a civilization a conquering nation would come in they it was typical to assimilate um holidays because that is also how you get people to win hearts and minds yeah and so you're like oh we do the same thing only we call it this but it's kind of the same and so (laughs) yeah and so you just kind of like fold it all in to this new civilization and that's how from the dawn of time and here we are today though because this all kind of stopped once we started writing things down and that is when things became solid was it always about exchanging gifts is that how they sold people on it no i don't even know where that came from no it's about feasting it's about celebrating it's about Hmm. here we are it's like taking a day off work is what it is it's a bank holiday well it's also (laughs) it's a bank holiday before (laughs) banks existed in the like celtic world (laughs) i was gonna say when did banks not exist in some form or another that's jesus had a big problem with the banker so we're going back to zero there Hmm. but anyway yeah yeah. but it's 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 a day of like feasting like it's so the october ish like end of october beginning of november that we know today was like the harvest celebration and then this solstice is like a midwinter celebration where I mean, if you live somewhere where it's snowy and it's cold, you need something to celebrate so you don't die of cabin fever and boredom. And so it's and a starvation great way to, and all the little, and like yeah. break up the drudgery that is like cold climate places. And then um, in February, which so February 2nd that we know is Groundhog's Day, um, the ancient Celtic Druidite people it was a different holiday and now it's St. Bridget's Day um, is the actual in, if you're in like Ireland or the UK, that is when spring starts, even though if you live in Wisconsin or New York, winter is very much still a thing. And so we don't view it as the beginning of spring. Um, but yeah, well, even so in like, I could go for another winter holiday. I, oh. I'm, I'm pro. I still have good feelings around Christmas, which is probably just pure privilege holiday. for me. Um, but for whatever luck, reason Christmas is a happy time in our family and it makes January very hard for me January is tough I'm thinking people are so excited to survive Christmas that January is like their uh celebration okay here's why I like January I and I like winter I just have I like winter I will just come out and say it I know I I will everyone will disagree I like winter but I was born cozy I like winter because I use that time to hibernate but I also will like be really intentional intentional of like inviting people over and like hosting people because I know that everyone needs to get out of their house and we all need something to break up the cold 
dark days. And so if you can find celebration in that, then winter is much more enjoyable. This is what I'm thinking of. The Little House on the Prairie books that I probably read early on, but now I thought maybe my kids would start enjoying listening to what life was like back then. What you were saying, this wasn't as far back as what you were talking about, but Christmas was the time when you left your little cabin to go travel great distances to remote cabins on the frontier, right? And then it was like an excuse to bundle up and leave the house and like go be with people before you headed back to your life of misery and isolation in your own little cabin. Yeah, but if you grew up reading My Antonia instead, it was the time that you left the house to go visit people because they were dying. And then when you came back, you got lost in a blizzard and also died. <laughs> that's not a good Christmas Sorry. story. No, it's January. That's not a better story. Yeah, no. I mean, there one, there's different ages of reader. <laughs> um, but you come together. I yeah. get what you're saying. It makes me think that you come together, you make the effort... You put all your whatever you call those dolls made of apple cores and like corn husk dolls. Corn husk I don't dolls. know what the doll made of apple cores is, but I'm so <laughs> sad for your childhood right now. <laughs> and the pig bladder ball that you play volleyball with. Oh my God. The pig bladder. Put them in the back of the wagon. <laughs> Somebody get the pig and it's bladder. to get together. Oh, that's very sweet. And it. And I will say, going back to the fair play cards. Full circle. Oh, yeah. Hosting. I'm sorry. Well, I'm I'm, where we turned off on that. Hosting is work. Huga is work. They all fall on their she fault tasks. Define Huga. Huga. The Danish art of cozy. Is it the Danes? I don't know. Every Scandinavian country claims claims some coziness. And that's making a fire? It's what? It's lighting candles. It's decorating the house. Like changing over your whole house to a separate set of decorations because they're furrier and fluffier. Mm. We go with fluff all year round. So I am all on the, the Huga bandwagon. And I I think it is an intentional movement to embrace the like quiet and stillness. And that involves like lighting candle. Like I like every night. Because I am insufferable, I will light candles. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, and, Abby. Right? All and, the lighting like, in your house is just candles. Everywhere. They all went yeah. too long. <laughs> we, well, I am And she very, makes them from her own bees. <laughs> I do beeswax. not have bees, but I do have beeswax candles that were made for me. Because, again, I am insufferable. Oh, boo. Um, right. I'm going to home yeah. beds. <laughs> yes. I will. All the other ones are from Home Goods, but yeah. So or the we, dollar store. I buy my candles at the dollar store. Oh really? No. I buy my candles <laughs> at the gas station because when I need candles, <laughs> it's because the power went out. You don't have a secret stash of emergency candles. I'm so disappointed. We do. That's I got it from the gas station. It's I all, got it from the gas station. It's there. But yeah, we have some like nice romantic candles. Our I, emergency oh. candles are called headlamps. And they are usually out of batteries, but they're somewhere in the closet. Because if the power goes out for five minutes, the kid puts on the headlamp and it's not coming off until it's dead. (laughs) I mean, you'll you'll come in there and they'll be sleeping and the headlights shining at the ceiling. It's true. So then it's dead the next time you need it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, the candle thing, the cozy thing, that's all good, but it's all fallen on the woman in our relationships. I feel like... um, 
the only people that not like, this is again a very broad generalization but like my husband doesn't care a lick about the huga and it's more my own that would be like my self-care card because he's like oh. i don't care about this and so i'm not doing it for him i'm doing it for me well i <laughs> have an interesting line to draw though with that book because if you want to provide something for your kids and your partner could care less about what it is yeah. that you're providing, but you have good reasons for why you want them to experience it, mm-hmm. then does the responsibility, does the card automatically fall to you? Even No, if it's- because there is something called the community standard of care. Oh my God. She thought of everything. <laughs> she, I mean, I will say every time I have an objection, she's like, I'm, I'm ahead of you lady. Wow. Sit down and shut up. Yeah. So the idea is that your family has a stand. Th- this will help me talk about thank you notes. Thank okay. you, Chris. Yes, I did that intentionally. So your family <laughs> will have a standard to which they need to live up to. So, for example, if he's holding the cleaning card and you think it means it's vacuuming every week and mm-hmm. he thinks it's, it's vacuuming every month, mm. then you like sit down and say, like, is there a reason to vacuum more often? Is it better health or are my allergies triggered? Or is there no reason? Ooh, these are tough conversations. I mean, seriously. To have. The, the, the if example. If there's any resentment at all. I know. Every conversation is like. Ah. Well, I mean, this is really where the rubber hits the road for me because mm. I am naturally more messy than my partner. Really? So Your house is clean. <laughs> when, like, if we were to face that card down. But there's a child. <sighs> But the problem is not the child. I mean, the child is messy. <laughs> the wife is really into taking her clothes off and leaving them in any surface that's off the ground. Like a chair. So I have piles that I think that my two partners in life could probably talk about this. That Josh used to call it clothes mountain. <laughs> it is because you don't wash your bras every time you use them, but you can't put them back in the drawer. They need to air. Yeah. What about hooks on the wall? Oh, I tried that for a while. Once the hooks are full, then I move back to clothes mountain. So there's reasons why you don't, it's not dirty, but it's not clean. It's somewhere in between. That's right. You need a, an entirely. Like, I need a second closet. That's right. A second closet. But everything is just on hooks because I'm not going to hang something up that's been worn. Until a closet it's again. filled with hooks. A, a closet filled with dirty clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging on the walls. Yeah. Yes. And it would need to air, so it couldn't have any doors. So for some reason, homes aren't built with that closet. Why? I can't imagine why. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So in com- in the community standard of care, like what's acceptable for the, the closed mountain is different for different people. And I like that she talked about this because it is very easy to be pretty focused on you don't do this you don't do that mm-hmm. um but maybe you don't do it because it's stupid like this is where this is where thank you notes really that's, are i don't think that's in the book <laughs> maybe you don't do this card because it's stupid yeah, I mean, she made the cards so clearly she thinks they have value but the thank you notes one is the big question here because unfortunately i did not or fortunately i'm not sure we wrote thank you cards for people who gave you presents that weren't there when you received the present so that would be a, c- a present of $5 in a card from grandma. Mm-hmm. That would be a thank you note. Yes. But if grandma was there and she handed you the card. You don't. You'd say you thank, thank you in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there would be no record of that. And so that was our culture. Now, because you always parent a little lighter than your <laughs> parents did. <laughs> Griffin's culture is 
no thank you note in any situation. Really? And we get thank you notes sometimes and he's like, what's this? And I'm very, I, that is a moment where I think to myself, well, we're going to do thank you cards now. We're a thank you card family now. Um, and we are not like if you've ever given us a present, you know, that no thank you card is coming. And, um, so what's the right answer? Abby, do you send thank you cards? I'm sure you I do. have the right answer, but I have to leave my microphone to give to get something. Okay. Oh, stay tuned I, in drama. Dun dun dun. He's gonna bring a box of thank you cards and be like, Kelly, this is actually an intervention. And here is a box <laughs> of thank you cards. And you can begin your journey. I so I used to be My very journey. like anytime anyone gave us anything, I would write a thank you card. Um and then I, I think this is the cultural I, norm, right? That's, and then I stopped doing that. I I don't send thank you cards anymore. I and then I but I feel bad about it for like a like two and a half days because I didn't send a thank you card. Um, and sometimes like we have a lot of really amazing, generous, kind people. Um, I will send like oh I will me send too. I'm just note. a jerk. Yeah. I will send a note like so. Say someone surprised my kids and they sent them an amazing or anything. If, like if anybody just sends my children something in the mail, like. At, like one time someone sent us some like shark teeth they found at the beach. They thought my kids would think it was cool. I sent them like a Facebook message or a text being like, we got your thing. That was really awesome. Thank you. So I try to send like a message like via social media to someone if they send when they send us something, but I don't do the write out thank you cards. We do whenever we do go on a field trip and someone has given us a tour or kind of gone over the top about making sure our field trip experience was really amazing. I do have my kids like draw a picture and like write a thank you to that person because to me, that like sounds right. you are a stranger and you have done something that you did not have to do for my children. So thank you. Okay. I have found what I was looking for. So Abby is pro thank you notes. She is pro thank yous. Okay, but not a note unless that's the only way to reach the person. Okay, I will post a picture of this on when I put this on my website. Um, I'm looking at a an envelope in Wyatt, my seven year old's handwriting that says to mom from Wyatt spelled F-U-M. And when you open it up, it's a handwritten note in the seven year old writing. You are Aww. the best person ever. Uh, you are the true, best true. person ever. You are ever. the best Chris person, is. spelled P-R-R-S-N-I-N. That's how you know it was from the person heart. ever. Yeah. Nobody told him to write that. LOL, I love you, mom. And the way that you feel when you get something like this, when it's handcrafted, this is another one he wrote. It says, I love you, mom. You are everything. Oh. <laughs> oh, why? And the way that you feel I know, when you I get, get something sometimes. handwritten but from a child. Okay, but they're like, so thank you cards. Everybody knows that a thank you card is forced, right? But when you, someone makes you something like that. That is that's very different. That's a, yeah. That is a I'm not talking about a kid writing a thank you card. I'm talking about you writing a thank you card and having your kid like look at it on the way out the door. No, I'm all for the kid writing it themselves because especially for relatives that don't have access to children. Grandmas, grandpas, aunties uncles that are living far away they probably want to be more involved in your family they want 
to be some of them anyways what if you're scratching be, that itch in a different way than they wouldn't be notes. giving they wouldn't be giving your kids stuff or giving you stuff if they weren't somehow invested in your well-being as like people oh, on that in the world so take the time it takes like five minutes oh boy here we go right here it <laughs> take is. the time well, write it down because a lot of times too i particularly for generations that came before Mm-hmm. To them, it's more meaningful than people that grew up with computers, because what if those people are all gone? Well, your choice, dealer's choice. Then I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I I like getting cards in the mail. I like seeing people's handwriting. I like it's so personal, and it's I I think it's like a lost art. It's going to be lost, and I don't want it to be lost because I really like it. Okay. I have never gotten a thank you note from Chris's kids. <laughs> this is all. I thought we were talking like theoretically. Actually, in practice. I mean, the things, oh, that, the things that I have given Chris's kids are usually our offshoot <laughs> crap that we don't want anymore. You've given some pretty great toys. Um, I don't want thank you notes, to be clear. I get... When I get thank you, you better notes watch out now because now you're reasons, getting some. I know I was gonna, I'm going to pay the price, and so is Chris. Watch out. Uh, when I get thank you notes for professional reasons, I do really admire them. When I get thank you notes that are coming from a place of duty, um, the the classic example is a bridal shower where they literally open the present in front of you. You know it received. They said thank you. Then they told you all the things they like about it in front of twenty people, mm, and yes. then they go home. And they write thank you notes until their fingers bleed. Yep. There is not a lot of gratitude in, in like in that experience for them. And for me, I feel like it was a, a time spent that they could be like if I gave them a Le Creuset um, pan, they could have baked some bread in that pan. And that would be feeling the gratitude. You, giving you bread? I don't want the bread. I want the use of the item. I want the bread. And I want the <laughs> suffering that comes from writing 500 thank you notes. I think the takeaway the takeaway from this is don't give Chris anything because she's gonna expect a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That is you're exactly right. And don't receive any presents from her either. Chris gives us tokens a lot. Like in the time that I've known her, she's bacon when you say tokens, right? (laughs) That is a token for sure. Excuse me, I have to go and write a thank you note for this bacon. Dear Chris, right? thank you for the bacon. I will expect a thank you which note for the I bacon. can only look at now because of your. <laughs> when I when I moved away last or in May of 2018, Chris had a mug made with our faces. I on know. It. Oh, see, that's token right there. And all of the hashtags that we have made up that oh. are nonsense only to us. And that is my little special mug that I have on my desk that has like pens in it that oh. I can like look at all the time. Oh, that's so sweet. But I never wrote you a thank you note. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it is generational. I would never expect a thank you note for something like that because giving it is... Thanks enough. Yes, giving it is the thanks. But I I just feel differently with children and I don't know. I feel like it's a tradition that I don't want it. I don't want it to go away. I like it. I So here's... okay. I feel the exact opposite. And that is exactly the opposite. I want it to go away for the betterness of all mankind so that you only write thank you notes as a way to acknowledge that something was actually received. It's like a genuine thing. Yeah. And then I got that thing that you sent in the mail. Because here's the other thing, guys. 
there's so much crap passing hand to hand this time of year. Just crap. And, and at birthday parties, especially, you know, we are anti gifts at birthday parties, but we give, we give them with, you know, we're, we're happy to give gifts at birthday parties, but we don't always want to receive them. So here's something else that could replace. So do we want to write a thank you card or do we want to write a, mm, this, we're going to give this to Toys of Tots card. It could replace thank you notes. I have a friend who does not have children and, um, wow, I sound like an ingrate. She, <laughs> she will send handwritten notes for holidays and things like that, but she'll also just occasionally send a card and it'll have like a poem that she found that she really liked or yes or a those. quote that's that made me think of you yes or, that's yeah that's correspondence and that's that so- i feel is a little lost as well yeah the handwritten thing really holds something for me i'm not sure why because getting it in an email is not quite the same or like in a text or whatever well if when you are older and i'm imagining you being like 95 in this scenario sure and we are all living together in our <laughs> tiny homes on the desert That's where the there plan. is no where snow removal card. Smoking tons of weed. I think we agreed yep. on. I'm not going with that. You, who was saying they were going to smoke a lot of weed with me when we we're in our 90s? Was it you? Oh, it was me. It was okay. me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That sounds right. I, uh, check back with me. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, I'm not in. But I probably would be drinking. Great. That's okay. fine. As long as I'm we'll, we'll have we'll, whatever whatever vice you need at 90 years old, we will have it for you. At our tiny house desert colony. At our tiny house little Golden Girls um, Desert Colony. Golden Girls. Hot tub time machine. Golden Girls. <laughs> Mashup. Mashup. That's yes. Okay. So uh Mimosas in that situation. All day long. I will have Chris, who will be slightly dota jigger than us. That's dota jigger. That's a new word. I have never Brought to heard you by that. Kelly. Uh, older is another word to say that. Oh, um, okay. A smidge, a day or two older. Um, I will have Griffin send her thank you notes for stuff she didn't send. <laughs> Just like rant. Yeah, I'll have oh, him. Here. I'll have him send his. Have his kids send Chris handwritten thank you notes. And How I would about- love it. How I would Chris? write thank you notes back for the thank I you know notes. that is ex- that's what we have to stop. <laughs> Can I tell you though, I do not regularly send thank you notes for all the things, but I do have a document literally open on my computer right now um, because it is Christmas card season. Oh. And I, See, I have do a document cards. of everybody's <laughs> address who I need. So when I do need to write a thank you note, I just pull up the document. Did you hear what she just said? See, no. now, that is that is a card. Doc, that document is a card in itself. It is the conception, the planning, and the execution. Oh, oh a yeah. book for that book. For the book, yeah. Oh, totally. Um, and the Christmas card. Is, is there a Christmas card card? There's the a book? holiday. I think there's a holiday card one. Yeah. It's part of what's called magic. There's a magic oh, category. Okay. You know what? I think is that magic as in nobody knows who does it, but it just gets done. And the answer is I do it. Yes. Do you send um, Christmas cards? Well, I aspire to. So I. What does that mean? It means I don't always get them out, oh, yeah. but I always feel bad about uh, it. Oh. Yeah. Holiday cards. cards. Yeah. Okay. Circling back around to Konmari. These cards, I think when you sit down to look at them, you need to ask if it actually 
like sparked, sparked joy. joy. Aside oh. from the necessary stuff. Yes. Mm. Aside from the things like making sure your kid ta- like has lunch and like you know what I mean like that. <laughs> but there is plenty of these that you're like, why are we doing this? Nobody wants to do this, and mm. you're allowed to stop. You're allowed to stop doing the things that don't make you happy. But wow. what if doing that thing is going to cause like I'm? We just had like a 45 minute conversation on one card. <laughs> Thank you notes. And I don't think we reached a conclusion, honestly. I, well, this is the I thing. When I go to face those cards, thank you notes doesn't spark joy. That's for darn But here's skippy. the thing. The three of us have three separate households. We have and three so, separate and care, have to, community it's management. It's a matter of what in your household, what is your minimum standard? We have different minimum standards. And so mm-hmm. if in your own household, you both agree, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. And then you're like, well, let's just maybe stop doing it for a little while and see what happens. So I hate to keep asking questions that I, if I just, oh, re- you, if I just read the book, they'll probably all be answered. But you guys really read this book. Like, Whoever's listening. Ta- what's the name of it Male again? or female. It's called Fair, Fair Play. Play. Fair Play. It, like, so it really. I you have to push past the first section because I was so angry after the yeah. first section that I had to like lie down and do yoga. Well, and you're not angry. <laughs> that this person is saying resonates so deeply and everything that she's saying you're like yeah I feel that and and the guys are like look not necessarily guys but in this book they're all guys and they say look why would I do it I can't possibly do it up to her standards that's you know their argument that's what the the article said they don't really so the so the one article the fury article the article that made everyone every woman in America mad um, was the, the yeah that was there was quotes um from a guy who was they, like if I do it poorly a couple times she'll take over I feel like uh, I feel yeah like that I I that's kind of my concern I feel like this book will basically shine a light on your relationship it will shine a bright light you will see clearly whether you are in a relationship with someone who support well I think she doesn't you? actually get there because I mean she really does talk about how angry people got when she started working on this project and then how oh. to back how to back uh, out of that yeah so for me I, Abby I stopped reading it I was so furious I was like this is can't be good and healthy but Abby thank God kept going and <laughs> she got me back into it and now I'm because uh, of the cards at the back and like how to approach it in a way that won't blow up your entire relationship and also that kind of resentment doesn't feel good you don't want to like sit in that resentment whether it's in your current relationship in a past relationship where you look back at yourself and go Jesus Kelly come on and or I was gonna say too part of it is realizing oh I've been doing these things I don't really I haven't really realized I've been doing all these things and I maybe have haven't asked for help in the way that I can to say these are all the things I'm doing. I need a little help with this. Like, I think a lot of women are I think partners. a lot of us have said, these are all the things we're doing. We need help. And it has been fruitless. And that's why there's so much resentment. But I also think some women don't know to ask. Oh, they just sure. do it. I talk yeah. to a lot of people that are just like, you mean you have a conversation like that with your partner? Yeah. And it's like, well, of course you do. If you feel like you need some help or it's not like there's some 10 commandment law of, who takes out the garbage and who makes breakfast for the kids in the morning that you decide that with your partner. And they're like, I do <laughs> they're, you know, like they're, it's novel. Yeah. And then in the, in the book, she talks about these 
personality types and one of them is superwoman or wonder woman I can't remember which woman she calls you but it's not a compliment and the idea is that she says to to a one the women she interviewed who had this personality type had serious illness Mm. and I like had to pull over the car and have a little cry oh (laughs) because indeed I am that person and I do have serious illness the superwoman um is the person who does it all and does not ask for help and just keeps chugging along. And, and her complete identity space. comes from the fact that she can do it all. Mm. She can do it all. Like that is, that is where you get So it's your... not just that you don't ask for help. It's yeah. that you feel that if you do, you'll be giving yourself away. Yeah. It'd be like a real yep. sacrifice of your identity to ask for help. Chris, I, huh. I would be so interested, Chris, for you to take this, the like personality quiz or whatever and, where you yourself identify as. I think she's an accidental traditionalist, right? Yeah, I think so too. But I, I think that it might be interesting for you to read it. Mm. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody, because next week, <laughs> Chris will be tearing the phone book in half out of fury. <laughs> no, I... So, okay, when once you get past, like, the part one, which is just kind of talking about where the idea came from and how this woman... Where we are as a society, um, not in our yeah. own personal homes, but just as a society. Yeah. Well, you know, she's like, I would... I came down to blueberries, and her husband was like, I can't believe you forgot the blueberries, and she was, like, driving in the car while pumping for her oh newborn infant and also trying to get to a meeting, and she just pulled over and was having a like had herself a little cry because she's like, why is it my responsibility to remember blueberries mm. when you can also go get blueberries? And so this is, and then she was talking about it with girlfriends. And they're like, Oh yeah, I can t- like that had happened to me. That happened to me. And then she, as she talked to more people, she, this is like a universal thing. Like, and maybe it's not blueberries, but everyone has something that pushes them to their breaking point. And then you have, I always, I call them mommy hizzy fits where I have like, I will totally have a full, grown woman temper tantrum Mm -hmm. in the middle of my kitchen over things that like why did nobody feed the dog yet like it's things that don't matter it's not about feeding the dog to get the garbage or the blueberries it's about what got you to that point where you're losing Mm. it over that oh go ahead yeah I was gonna Um, say I remember one someone we used to work with who I will not name was something like eight months pregnant and having an angry pregnancy just angry the whole time pretty much and acknowledged it and it was winter and she was out <laughs> shoveling the driveway pregnant and while her partner was like just like eating breakfast and ready to like getting ready for work or something and she literally had that moment where she her brain exploded and she was like no what's happening here this is so wrong <laughs> or maybe he yes. had already left and had not shoveled, shoveled for her to get out, and she couldn't get out without. Oh, I, I yeah. This, yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Well, I'm I'm thinking how interesting it is because, and I definitely have one of the partners who does a lot of the cards compared to what she's sharing in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so full disclosure here, I don't get to complain as much as most people do, <laughs> but um, but I was reflecting on like how Abby has like a real physical meltdown or some sort of like she just gets it out yeah and how like I will I don't even think of myself as a passive aggressive person I will just 
eat that so deeply that like no one can see that. Just tuck it away inside yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I you feel like, like maybe I should text it. my doctor and say it's inside <laughs> me because oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that that whole like I am not only feeling angry and frustrated, but I also cannot let anyone see it is my type. And I don't know what Chris's is, but that's so that's so Wisconsin women. And I am not a Wisconsin woman. Because everything's fine. It's Midwest. Everything is not fine. No, but that's the the Midwest nice. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. It's fine. That's not me either. And then I, I, we all have autoimmune disorders. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the answer, but I, I think the hissy fit sounds like the way to go, honestly. I can't believe I don't threaten to like drive away and it's like, I'm going to leave back. forever and run away from home like a child would. Yeah. Um, Get your like yeah. stick with the hobo sack on the end and just walk yeah. out. Like, nobody here cares that I do anything. <laughs> just gonna go. <laughs> I am so unappreciated around here. Yeah. Like I think there's a you get a bad rep if you're if you're angry and well, showing it. So what all happens the time. is I have my meltdown. It's probably more like once a quarter. I only early remember there's only like once a year. <laughs> quarterly that it's like quarterly meltdowns. It's a quarterly meltdown. I always have one in September. Hmm across the board um and it always coincides with how often my husband is traveling for work Mm -hmm. and how many so the fall is our busy time of year ever all of our birthdays and like birthdays birthday parties all the things happen in fall and so I'm just like doing all the things I always usually have one the day after Christmas as well when you're like cleaning up everything and you're the one who woke up at five o'clock in the morning and made breakfast so everyone could wake up to cinnamon rolls and you're doing all the things and then everyone's like I'm bored I didn't get what I wanted she's hitting me why don't I go to a friend's house and I'm like no no I just did everything and no I'm not doing anything you're go away I don't want to see you yeah to everyone yeah. Yeah. For me, I the big one I have is the day after wrapping all the presents, all the presents, even the presents to me. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I hit you wrap the- your own presents. That's sad. I wrap my own presents. Guys. <laughs> you guys are going to hear from so many people who wrap their own. presents. I, I wrap my own presents and want to know why? Because wrapping presents is one of my favorite things to do. And it's actually very therapeutic. For I me. actually love wrapping presents, but there is something about it that's like a I have a dialogue called I shouldn't have to do this uh wrapping your own presence is sad yeah so Chris I, has Chris has a, a bring other dialogue presents, bring your presence to me I will wrap them I, for this you. I don't have to I mean this is from when I was a single mom the thing about this fair play thing is you can feel that resentment even if there's literally no partner to direct it to <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean I you can just let it go out into the you can be like well if we had paternal care and uh-huh. you know like or if someone had taught men how to deal with this or um all these like stories that you can tell yourself if if only my parents did x y or z or you know um if it's- if only my community was more like the little house on the prairie that i was promised yeah or whatever and like the thought starts the thought starts yeah. you, i should you, not have to be doing this you, because and you don't have to have a subject of resentment to be resentful mm. oh no so that's my special talent, I guess. I not really, but I when I was single parenting, one of the singular pleasures of it was knowing that the buck stopped with me and that if I decided it wasn't going to do it wasn't going to need to get done, no one was ever going to come home and be like, "So are you thinking about doing the laundry?" because the answer would be no. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
Um, and it is fascinating how much little less resentment you feel for the jobs you choose than the jobs you take. Mm. And the perfect example for that is that even though I was a single mom, I cloth diapered because I thought this is great. It makes me feel good. Did it? it? Yep. Hmm. And I never resented it once. Wow. And you compare that to all the things I do resent because I feel like someone should mm-hmm. help me or someone um, or I shouldn't have to do X, Y, Z. And then suddenly you really learn about when you take those cards just by choosing the cards, you hate them 100% less. Because you're choosing it. Because you're choosing yeah, you're, it. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you're the one being like, I'm going to do this. And also, you're like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to hold this card for, like, one week or two weeks, and then we're going to switch. Mm-hmm. So you it's know? not a life and, sentence. The, yeah, the fact that she divides meals up into, like, weekday meals, weekend meals, morning mm-hmm. meals, I was like, wait, are you saying that that's something that more than one person might yeah. do? And that, that's an interesting thing, too, because uh, the meals that I would prefer to eat are not the meals my children will eat. So it's sort of like, are you taking care of yourself or are you taking care of them in mm-hmm. what you're preparing? Usually it's them. Yeah. And then and then you eat like one fish stick right. that has like some spit on it already. <laughs> Someone licked it. Because they put probably. it in their mouth and right. then refused it. <laughs> that, sounds, yeah. that sounds right. Or you don't eat dinner because it's time to put them to bed by the time they finish dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have popcorn later. Mm, I would, yeah, I will sometimes purposely not eat dinner until after the kids go to bed so I can actually enjoy dinner. Yeah. Do you Children make, and eating. Do you make a separate dinner for yourself? Often. Yeah. yeah. And people who don't have children yet, I just want to tell you that even though you are thinking right now, just make the kids eat what you eat. Mm. You just keep that thought to yourself. <laughs> Because yeah. I thought that too. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, I won't do that. And then you're like, well, I just need to keep you alive and you only eat Cheerios. Yeah. So go at it, kid. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I mean, literally, you're at the doctor and they're like, why aren't they gaining weight? And you're like, I guess we're doing Cheerios. <laughs> you win. You win, right? you monster. <laughs> you broke yeah. me again. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No. I, my, and my kids are also, we, to me, them making themselves something is more important than make right now than being like, you have to eat all of these things. Like if, if I put totally. out cut up peppers, oh, absolutely. And hot, my kids will eat it. But if I'm like, please get yourself lunch and they're like dry Cheerios, I'm like, great. I didn't have to do that. That is exactly right. Esme is climbing to get like yogurts and just anything really that that would like partially count as food, food, even if it's. Like fruit chews. Yeah. Great. That's breakfast. How many packs yeah. do you want? Because she, <laughs> she can get it herself. And she might need help opening it, but it's like, that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. Well, how about when you have one child and you go to the store to buy bagels three times a week? <laughs> and you're not quite sure where they're going, but you have a good guess. You can like hear his gut flora slowly dying. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many inappropriate things to say about the gut floor, but when you think about like giving vaginal birth and you're like, I did that so your gut floor would be populated, put down that bagel. Here's three bagels every day. Yeah, exactly. And also it looks like we're driving through the drive through now, so goodbye. Right? Oh, it's joyful. It's a joyful time of year. 